show that we did a while ago. Where I'm gonna, yeah. not going to lie, the, through the magic of editing, um, <laughs> it's come together at a different point. But we recorded it with three listeners, Daisy, Ellie and Stacey. Well, Mars, it was Mars's idea and it was a really good idea to kind of, because we recognise that the XFM world is kind of male dominated. We can see on our stats, we're male dominated in our own audience, yet Mars and I, neither of us are kind of blokey, laddie guys like cars. I like football, but da, we don't da, talk da, about it. <laughs> it is down Millwall every week. <laughs> but no, um, but we're not laddie, but it's it's a male dominated world. But we knew that we had some female listeners. So we just wanted to kind of approach it and see what how female listeners saw it did they see themselves as being in a male-dominated space or did they perceive it differently and we just had a talk about that there's no very little structure to it you'll see you'll hear that you know we the hosts you know were the problem if there was any they were great no that is all uh, true <laughs> and it's nice to experiment with a new form and do something that's a bit more Exploring opening yourself. out into and asia and uh uh, I think it's good to invite listeners on. It was such a nice little uh, sort of listening podcasting experiment. We've never had uh, listeners onto the show before. No. And it's so nice to put, uh, you know, a face or name and um, discuss these shows openly because what is so brilliant about one of our best features, XFM in the community, is hearing your voices. So it's so nice to invite people onto the podcast yeah. to share their opinions and thoughts widely and openly on you know, on a podcast. That, yeah, yeah. You know, on I know podcast. Mars deserves a lot of credit because he kind of is his idea. Thanks. I would never have kind of, yeah, he thought the innovation is with Mars because I'm, I'm kind of the same part of it, but you often have ideas. Oh, good. We'll interview this person and this person. I probably would never have done an interview if it was Mars in charge. But I loved them. I'm glad we did. But You're good at them. Well, yeah. yeah. Do like them. But this one wasn't an interview. It's different, wasn't it? It wasn't like it's discussion. Oh, it didn't feel like an interview, but I thought was... it was going to be. Uh, I thought it was a bit like the media show. <laughs> That's uh... what I wanted with Katie Razzle and oh, Ross yeah, Atkins. Who was, oh, like... who was Razzle? Me or you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think Katie either of us. <laughs> it was like Letters from America by yeah. No, it was like do you know on Fridays with with Chris Evans. TFI. They just used to be everywhere. Like they used to be here, a bit there, around the table, uh, mm, like that. It's like that. But 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 less lucrative for us. Yeah, give it, check it out. Let us know your thoughts, and we will be doing these in future with a, a, a wide array of listeners. This one was specifically to explore the female angle in this male-dominated space, which which we thought was an interesting kind of thing to. To get into, and I think it was interesting. I think that's the, the girls were, were great, and uh, and we weren't. <laughs> Do what you Enjoy. like. <laughs> oh, there we go. It started. It started. I haven't yeah. prepared it. Your vocal exercises. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so anyway, you put a pea in, and the word was spoon. <sighs> now, um, a very, very special show, Miles. Welcome to it of the Deep Trout Spinners. I say hello, Miles. Hello, how are you? Mars You're is right. here with me. Yeah. But we've got guests, multiple Ooh. guests today. And uh, that's because Mars and I have kind of, we've looked at the stats and it's, we've always wondered why it seems to be a male-dominated space, a sort of 90-10 split. And we're thinking, well, it's not, there's nothing obvious that we can see because it's obviously presented by three men. 
but they're not like laddie lads. They don't talk about cars. If they talk about women, it's like as a joke. So what is it about the XFM shows? Because their numbers are about what our numbers are, and it's about 90-10. Why are there fewer women involved? So we have got three of the women that sounds so terrible. Sorry, I don't mean that. Three ladies who listen it's to good the start, show. Isn't it? who are good start, isn't it? Good listeners, and they contribute to us. Um, yeah, exactly. Slagging us off already, Miles. Should we just leave? You can talk. That's no, good. We have, That's good. We have good stuff. Daisy, we have Ellie May, and we have Stacey Brittle. Hello, ladies. And I didn't mean that wasn't Hello. like a joke, Steve's stand up. Do you want to just introduce yourself one by one, Daisy? Say hello and sort of see you. Hello, name. I'm Daisy. Hello, Daisy. Hello, Daisy. Ellie. Hi, I'm Ellie. Hello. Hello, Ellie. <laughs> Stacey. Hello. Hello, Stacey. Okay, and and um... we're about done for today. Uh... <laughs> No, Miles, talk a little bit more about kind of what we're going to do yeah. today and what so we're there going to we, talk about. And there we have our lovely panel that will help us today yeah. to shape a loose discussion about listener demographics and gender in comedy, I think, more broadly. But just to give you um, some context of the, the sort of show, demographics, we looked at the, the Rajar original figures and apparently well, the I reach effect... Oh, well, I did. I didn't do any work for <laughs> I this. I did a bit of that. Yeah. Um, this is exciting. This is like the media show. This is all like uh, question time. No, is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the reach of the show of XFM in the third quarter of Series 2, which started in August, was about 535,000 people. Can you believe that? That's, that's not that many people. But um, we looked at, obviously, our own figures, and 89% of the audience is men and 11 is women. And it's just shocking. That's such a huge disparity, like, between mm. the two. Then there's no, as you said, there's no distinct reason, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later. Um, and then I looked at the Tim Pot Radio, who had uploaded all of the XFM shows. And their demographics kind of reflected the same, and it was 80... What was it? 86% men and 14% female, which is just... I don't know. Mm. I just find that a bit striking, really. It's nothing. Mm. It's very odd. So obviously we've got a panel here, and I sent a few questions over. But um, I just wondered, um, Ellie, maybe you could start us off because you sent us a really uh, well-written email <laughs> that we spoke about last week or a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that'd be a great way just to start to sort of um, you eloquently uh, expressed it very, very well. I'm sure much better than I possibly could. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was, well, I think to go back to what Gary was saying, it obviously, I wouldn't say it's lad's humour either. I think it is a bit boyish. I think there's boyish childhood humour in it, and I think that's quite endearing. As to why, I don't know, it's very strange. Why aren't women listening? Because I would certainly class it as a unisex show. Mm. Not overly, like you say, not overly talking about men's issues or men's affairs. And it, it is really unisex. No, I was going to say, of course, you do have a woman on the show a couple of times. You have Claire. And I've never we... listened to the Claire episodes. I always skip them. Apart from not? when you guys reviewed them, I listened to Head, but I always skip them. There's nothing against Claire, but mm. yeah, I always skip those ones. Interesting. I think Claire's good, but it's a very different show. If it had always been yeah. Claire, it wouldn't be a cult hit like it is now. But occasionally Claire, I think, kind of, and we talk about, which may be relevant to this, the lads on the Claire show, Ricky and Steve, they they seem different. They're kind of like mm. when women are involved, it's like, oh, they're sort of, I don't know, trying to impress and not. Yeah, as... they're showing off a bit. Yeah. I think it, 
Ricky especially, but I think he's a lot more comfortable around women. Obviously, he's got like a long-term girlfriend. He's with Jane and I feel like he's yeah. more relaxed. Whereas I feel like Steve is still like, as if he's at school and trying to show off and sort of one-up and be the funniest one or yeah. say <clears> the, <throat> the most wild thing. No, See, I totally. never picked up on that with those Claire shows. I don't know if they, I think they're a bit different, only a little bit. I think it's subtle, but I think it's because Carl's not there. So it I could be anyone. It could be a male in for Carl, just because it's not Carl. You think it's just well, that's why it's different. Who was the guy that they did a show uh, when he was in in oh, Camfield? Yeah, Camfield. Camfield. yeah, that one I tend to skip. But um, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's something to do with well, I think it's something to do with socialization of women as to why they maybe don't listen to this kind of show so much but I also think it's other things I think it's to do with I think it might be something to do with um social classes as well mm. yeah because like, I think it's quite I don't know if this is accurate I don't know if this is even a thing but it's something I thought about it's like a almost like a working class person's humor like those who are working class will appreciate Ricky's humor in particular I think more than mm. other people Maybe, I don't know. It's something I've thought about before. And I don't know yeah. if that has a link then to the, the, the female thing, I don't know. I do think it is very, like, gendered in respect that if you think of, of the time, like, late 90s, early 90s, it's like when all those lads mags were in sort of circulation, you've seen Nuts mm. and Zoo and Loaded and all that crap. But the, the humour in there was always, like, about, I don't know, little, like, dwarfs and disfigurements and yeah. horrid, ghastly things like that, and obviously leering over women and stuff. And I don't think that the guys on the show are 100% like that, but there definitely is that sort of juvenile, you know, that Carl's fascination with like weirdness and freaks that was kind of typical of that era or class of, of men, I suppose. Is it is it a laddish thing? Is it a boyish male thing, that sort of humour? I quite like laddish humour and I, I'm, I'd, I'd assume that yeah. maybe Daisy and Ellie are the same. I'd be interested yeah. to know if the, I've got yeah, the four female brothers. Is- so I think growing up with four brothers mm-hmm. um, has made that, yeah, a bit easier to like that sort of thing. It's hard, isn't it? Because at that time, you would have had quite the ladette movement. Mm, that's very true as well. Yeah. Going out, drinking, partying, sort of like the gimme, gimme, gimme sort of state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that show. I mean, my, my female friends, I think, I think back to when the shows were around and I think they wouldn't have been interested in that kind of humour. So I think, yeah, it's just something to do with the kind of person that you are as well, with the mm. with the human that you're into. I mean, now I've got friends, they wouldn't be interested in it. I've got one friend who does listen, who has listened, but she's not like me. She won't listen over and over again. She gives it a run through every now and again. But yeah, I can't yeah. quote it to her. I can't, which is annoying. I can't quote because she doesn't listen to it that often. She's the only female friend. Well, then I say that, I haven't really got any male friends that I think would be into it, me personally. Mm, but, but it obviously is male dominated in terms of the listeners. You said something earlier, you said the socialisation of women, which is an mm. interesting point. I just wondered if you could expand a bit on that. It's it's kind of like the whole job thing, isn't it? How there's a there's a um you know gender gap in certain jobs and things. And I think that's to do with the socialization of women. Um obviously the whole thing about uh, men earning more money and, and things, and that's because women have been socialized to not be in mm. certain jobs and that's obviously they're changing that now there's a lot more pushing to stem jobs for mm. women and, and stuff and I think that might be part of it as well I think women have been ha, have been or were or are socialized in a certain way and it still goes on it's getting better and I think yeah women are socialized to be in certain jobs and to appreciate or not not like certain types of things i.e that boyish humor it's just something they mm. were never maybe exposed to as much 
Like I think yeah. if, a, if, a, if parents had a son, they might expose that that son to certain types of humor and things they wouldn't expose their daughter to. Not deliberately. It's just they say it's one of those entrenched yeah. socialization things that's getting better. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, my my dad was like I, I'm quite into games and computers and things, but it's because my dad was quite good with that in terms of he would share that with me. But then things like fixing things and building things, he was very good at that. But he never never kind of shared that with me, and I don't know if that was a say from that generation a socialization thing but but funnily enough he did share all the computer and humor stuff with me and I think that's where I've picked it up. What do you guys think about that Daisy Ellie? I think yeah I definitely agree I think there's so much that is gendered without you even realizing it like so much of our day-to-day life is completely different as a woman than it would be a man and the things you get exposed to and you don't even think how you're doing it and like it's stupid but I've got a dog and he's quite fluffy and quite he's very cute so when we're out people always say she they're like oh look she's so beautiful Mm, and it's just because he's soft and Mm -hmm. he's fluffy that he gets gendered in a female way which is really interesting the little things that you gender down See, recently my friend, she put a request out for podcasts to be recommended by others. And I do wonder if less women listen to podcasts and that sort of thing anyway. Yeah. Even getting into the comedy side, because the you had about 10 responses. And out of the 10, eight were psychology podcasts. Now she doesn't work in psychology and she has no interest in psychology. Yet eight out of 10 of them were psychology podcasts. I think there was a one that was film and TV related, but a complete lack of comedy. But I do wonder if, there, if that is also the issue is that women generally don't listen to podcasts and if they do, they don't listen to comedy. I think the problem is like, because I, I do think there is a bit of sexism which, which suggests that women only like female comedy. I, I don't know that that's quite a broad analysis of it, but but that's why you know when you get like panel shows and stuff and they they bring women on, sometimes it is a bit like they're trying to fill a you know a gap. Like, and, like a total yeah. female comedian. Yeah, it's so than... sexist, yeah. and it's just like it's like oh, we've got to bring the the other audience on board. But I do think in terms of like radio entertainment, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts myself, I do think it's always like two guys. <laughs> which we're not the best example for that obviously <laughs> or it's like three guys and they do a podcast and like, I re- I'm a big fan of like fortunately with like Fee and Jane and I, I wish there was more podcasts like that I was other. thinking about that time slot and the only people I could think that have had like that XFM time slot were obviously Ricky and Steve and Carl and then you have Adam and Joe and then more yeah. recently you had Ellis and John mm. and then they were replaced by like Matthew Crosby and Ed Gamble so again it always seems to be like the male duo like you say yeah why and there's never like two women or even a, a woman and a man that just gel together. Yeah. The two men is the sort of trope for that. But again, is that something to do with socialization? Is that because women weren't coming forward for it because they weren't they didn't think that was their, yeah. their thing because because of the socialization of society? I don't know. Or was there a lot of women who came forward and they kind of said, No, we don't really want you? No, I think you're right actually on that because like I got into chess about five years ago. I'd never played before. Here we go. I got, no, I got obsessed by chess, but chess is very male dominated in the same kind of way. And the top hundred players in the world, 99 are men. Now people think, some people misinterpret that and say, oh, men are inherently better at chess than women. But it's not like that at all. It's socialization, as you say, which is why I asked about your point, because women have been socialized. It, you know, the men, you know, as a boy, boys tend to get taught chess. Women didn't, so they've got such a structural disadvantage. And that's why there's so few women in chess, although that is changing. But 
Well, there is an argument. Yeah, there is an argument for it. We just don't know, do we? Like you say, it could be the socialization and like, yeah, women wouldn't have been taught chess. Although I actually was taught to play chess when I was young, but I hate it. So I've never played it. Again. Why didn't you do a podcast about one. it then? Yeah, we'll do it together. <laughs> we'll do one. <laughs> but there is also evidence science to prove that um, men's brains are wired differently. They do think about things in different ways. They do say things that, that require that kind of thought process that their brains are wired differently to that. So I think it's maybe, there is a maybe, I don't know how much of it is, is but maybe there's a bit of that, but then it's been emphasized by the socialization in society maybe. Yeah, the socialization never gets aired though. It's always that bit that the brains are different and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. people uh, latch onto that when it's not necessarily the case, although it may be there is a small difference, but there's no reason why women can't get as good as men at chess. It's hard Would to measure, been... isn't it? You can measure the brain wiring. You can do a brain scan. You can look at that. Mm. Socialisation, there's not as much empirical evidence for it. Mm, people want imp- yeah stats and figures, don't they? We well, think... can't really measure it. It's harder just to measure. You can ask people. You can ask people how, how, you know about their their growing up and their exposure to things, but you'll never know if they're being truthful or if they're exaggerating things. Or you can't physically measure it. Whereas a brain scan, you can measure it and say, "Yep, that brain is different to that brain." That's it. Fact. You can't, like you say, you can't measure it. But also, I think a lot of women don't even realise a lot of it as well. I didn't notice until I was a lot older a lot of things that were different for me because I'm a woman, or things that are gendered towards me, or the terminology even that's used. And it wasn't until I started actively thinking about that that I noticed so much more. So a lot of it, I think, just goes under the wire. Mm, And it's hard when you start pointing that out to try and notice and try and change that. It's so much easier, especially for this, like for a society, for everybody. It's easier to just think, oh, we'll just carry on as we are rather than actually trying to notice these things because a lot of change will need to happen. So it's easy just to, you know, carry on. I saw, I always get a bit nervous when I hear things like, oh, we need more women in this sector or this, you know, I sort of, because obviously it is about class, it is about sex, but it's also about the opportunity. And I think really we should be having that conversation more about schools. Can schools teach the kids to get into these sectors rather mm. than, oh, we need more women? Yeah. Oh, we haven't got enough examples of race within the industry. Mm. It can become very dangerous when you think it's a token, a token woman or a token sort of minority, anything tokenistic is where it gets dangerous. You can't just have a woman just because we need a woman to fill the quota. Mm. For self-respect reasons, I imagine more than anything, if you knew that it would it would impact you and, and the others. Around I you, think I the guess. problem is when you when you're trying to make a movement like that and have more women or more people of color or, or whatever it is in, in a certain industry because there's not enough of it obviously and that needs to change because there's issues with um I think it's it re- initially when that movement starts to happen it, it, it does feel like tokenism even if it's not because mm. you're just not used to seeing it so initially people assume it's it's tokenistic even if it's not because in the, but that by definition when a movement happens and things change when it first starts to happen People aren't used to it, so it gets perceived as tokenistic. But then, then that over time will change, I think. Mm. And you guess you're kind of you could you could switch it the other way and say, well, every time it wasn't a woman or wasn't someone of um, minority race, it, it that was a tokenistic. It, they were just all tokens, but because they were white and men. So you're right if you sort of if you change it slightly to say we are going to include X amount of people that aren't from those groups inherently you are going to get people just as talented overall but it feels quite uncomfortable maybe whilst it's 
starting. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And initially, yeah, people aren't used to it and, and certain people will, you know, argue against it, obviously, which mm. we don't want. I do think like obviously but this this sort of change has obviously got to come from the top right you know this is all you know it's 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 structural it's hierarchical it's there's so much bureaucracy involved like you look at all of like the big heads of whoever it is like a big broadcasting organization or whoever it is and they're nearly always men at the top of these things so but yeah i don't think it's fair just to hire someone on the on the grounds of their gender or their color or whatever i think that's that's just because you you'll carry that with you won't you and men men have never had to carry that kind of particularly white men (laughs) they've never had to carry that kind of um pressure I work in tech and like half of our sort of gender is like 15, but it hasn't always been like that. It's always been like 80% male. And it's, it's so weird. Like as someone who grew up with a sister and a mum, like I naturally feel like I get on better with women anyway. Yeah. But I think a lot of people aren't like me actually. And most men are kind of are happy or at peace with company with, with other men. Whereas I think it's better to create a, a dialogue across the spectrum so that you can, you know, appreciate people's views and attitudes. But I, I do think it's interesting with Claire and with Carl, the two differences, because Claire holds the power in those shows. And she's like, you know, everyone wants to impress her. So I would call that as, you know, she owns that show. Whereas Carl is always superficially he should be running the show but they don't respect him or they do but they do respect him behind um behind closed doors so it's actually a feeling of power that comes with with gender as well i think i think you're right and claire does sort of hold the power there but i think if you also look at it whereas carl is able to take risks and do things that are rubbish (laughs) whereas claire is very much by the book and she comes in she presses the buttons she does everything she needs to do perfectly but she doesn't have the same flexibility as carl to come in and try something that might be rubbish it might be like the rice is right or something and he can come in do something that's terrible and it's okay it doesn't there's not a real risk Whereas with Claire, it feels like there's more of a risk where she has to do it perfectly or she has to do it right. She mm. can't come in. And, and I might be I might be wrong and just sort of projecting onto her, but it feels as though she has to come in and just do the job rather than have that freedom to play or be silly or do something wrong or... Yeah. Mm. She does get things right. She puts the wrong CD on and things, and which Carl does numerous times, but she gets quite... Ricky gets quite annoyed with her. Yeah. And Steve yeah, does, does as well. They are real. And when he's she's telling her... Does biggest knob I've ever seen anecdote she <laughs> doesn't quite tell anecdote, it she gets yeah. caught it. and then Ricky had, does have quite a go at her yeah, afterwards yeah. and said you never said that bit you know you just said, left out <laughs> he the left funny the funny bit, bit out <laughs> but uh, yeah I think Claire's got power but not as much as maybe you think like she's maybe got power over Steve I don't think Ricky maybe because she's received single I don't think Claire has but I think that's because the way that men view women and nearly always, and you know, this obviously can be appreciated. It's going to be a lot of generalizations, this chat, not just within our group, but mm. to anyone listening. And I, I apologize if, the, if that's what it sounds like, but I do think men kind of look for that kind of, I think you said that Ellie or Stacey, you that sort of maternal figure. You're very comforted by that as, as a, as a guy, even in my own relationship. And I, my girlfriend's just literally over there. I'll <laughs> be very quiet. <laughs> Hello. Well, this so isn't I, a date. Don't worry. We're not, we're not on a blind double date. Double uh, date. Anyway, yeah, I do think I do think men are kind of attracted to that in a weird way. So that's why I think um, Ricky and Steve sort of play up to it more. Well, very famously, you had like um, Goldie Horn, didn't you? Who always portrayed mm. a ditzy persona. 
in order to get that endearment when in fact she's you know a very smart woman and Claire is a bit the same in those episodes like when they try to phone up Carl and she can't get him on there yeah yeah or a ditzy don't know what I'm doing whereas obviously she could produce a show so she yeah. might own what she was doing yeah yeah incredibly talented obviously then Ricky says well how do you normally phone she just says well I just press the number so that makes Ricky look stupid I, I quite like that <laughs> um, she owns him but why is that? Why why do people is that is it is it for your benefit or, or or not not you but like is it for the other person's benefit or is it I don't know, or is it just playing on a stereotype for ease? I've been on dates before where the easiest thing is to be like oh, I'm just a, I'm just a silly little woman you know and to play it down and play the dumb person and I would never do it now but when I was younger and less confident mm. I think it is you just fall into that trope and it feels like the safest thing because oh the the man can't get angry or he can't challenge me or he can't you know try to flex basically his you know masculinity over me so it is just easier to be the sort of dumb young woman and again I would never do that now and it's an awful thing to have to do but it is easier in many situations. I agree and I think it does happen a lot but I think I also think there are some women who who they, they're okay with they like that they find comfort in that yeah but then but then yeah like but then you say there is some women who feel pressure to do that I don't think I wonder whether or not Steve actually does something similar himself because he is also very sort of self-mocking he, does he doesn't the- really have a choice does he <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's very true but it's a good point that sort of humor instantly gets people on your side you know you're you're showing that you're not big-headed you are humble yeah it's really disarming isn't it i think that self-deprecating humor that was like very of like the early noughties like i remember like you know one of my idols was like simon amstel who like thrived off that kind of humor and definitely something that i carried you know whatever gender you are i think it's just a, a sense of humor thing rather than a gender thing again as you said Eddie, it's like you 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 empower yourself if you go well i'm wearing this and you're not and steve steve mercilessly gets taken the piss out of like but but he's seen as the weaker if you're looking at the weak the weak man the chaff yeah <laughs> he's, he's an he's a victim isn't he of all three of them i think he's often comes off worse than carl have you seen the stand-up hello ladies a bit of it. Yeah. I went to see it live. It was really good. Oh, did you? Oh, did you? Yeah. And it's completely the whole thing self-deprecating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and the very really? end when he does the thing with the camera and his eyes. Yes. I've never seen his eyes like that. It's I know. Terrifying. It's a <laughs> He literally got the camera and put it to his face. Which the, the most unflattering yeah. angle. Oh, my Because he can look quite handsome sometimes. And then yeah. other times he looks normal. And there he looks really scary. Yeah. <laughs> quite normal. <laughs> but yeah I, I've seen a bit of it I like the bit where he goes at the beginning he says uh, and you may, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I don't need to share it with you know who and yeah. I kind of feel from that it's, oh. like, it's the one thing that Ricky doesn't get half his money or like 90% of the money between them <laughs> his own little thing but he's gone on to have a fantastic career. I mean, he's d- uh, independently from anyone else. So, but yeah. Is that he's... another thing that's, that's like women are less self-deprecating? I don't know. I, I do think w- when I was at school. In their humour, I mean. It, it was definitely like the cool thing was to be seen as like less intelligent. Unfortunately, you you kind of have to hide your intelligence because you play off either your looks or your, your beauty or, or whatever it is. It's just, it's thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, shameless. it's shameless and it's and it's sexist yeah. and it's awful it is yeah but it's pressure isn't it 
there's a there's a there's an undue burden i think on on women in general but because you have to th- prove yourself it's not you would in the same way you would not put those no, no. expectations on a man would you you wouldn't say oh you need to be this you need to you, know, you need to have this many degrees or whatever you just walk into the job and you go yeah i'm funny i'm laddie like, it's, not, it's not my dad like he's a bit of a you know lad about town and they everyone just accepts it he's a total prick but they just accept it because he's he he's quite funny it's like, when, it's like you say, like when Carl yeah. makes the mistakes on the show and, and they, they laugh about it, whereas Claire makes the mistakes and they do laugh, but they're also like, yeah, a bit annoying. They don't, it's not as much of a joke when Claire makes mm. mistakes, but when Carl makes mistakes, they have a right go at him, but it's a jo- in a more yeah, jokey... Yeah, it becomes funny. Yeah, it's like funny that's not directed at Carl as such as more shared humour. But well, Claire, Claire, they're quite harsh to. Yeah, I do wonder, I see, I... I don't listen to the Claire episodes very often, but I do think they are good episodes. Mm. But I always get the impression with them that Steve might have gone to Ricky before each show and said, look, Carl's not here this week. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> professional. Let's yeah. not talk about monkeys. Let's actually do a professional <laughs> I agree with you 100%, Ellie, actually. I think we said this last episode i was like i think steve genuinely wanted it to be a different kind of show than the one it actually was i feel like he had bigger aspirations of like we're gonna do a slick uh show we're gonna produce we're gonna play some amazing music we're gonna talk like proper musos and in the end yeah talk about little little gay fellas little chinese little fellas chinese, little gay, monkey. chinese monkeys. <laughs> and then yeah with claire mucking it up it's all like oh for god's sake we can't get anyone because you know they but they do it. do that because <laughs> they say um that was incredibly muso okay let's stop that let's stop that let's stop talking about the music because let's go back to they, i mean there was one episode isn't there when um they can't think of anything to say and they just spend the whole time just trying to get through to carl yeah <laughs> i mean that shows i told you that is a good episode yeah 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 that's that steve carl still in that no, I think I was going to say that Steve is more relaxed on the Claire episodes for sure. But that one's funny because he is sort of relaxed. But then suddenly he gets his his comeuppance at the end of the show anyway. Yeah. But still, I think Steve though generally is very good at handling any situation in comparison mm. to Ricky. I think Ricky does require certain standards to be met in order to produce his humour, whereas Stephen is so much more flexible. Yeah, I think so. What do you think of Ricky in general now? Because we talked a lot about him and we get stick for talking about him, but like <laughs> but his his um I think his Twitter thread I read somewhere was about it's about 92% male. That figure might have changed, but do you like him how he is now as much as you did then or less or, or the same <laughs> daisy shaking the head no no. <laughs> <Go> on, <Daisy. laughs> no i find him awful i feel embarrassed for him because of his twitter where he just constantly is liking his own praise and retweeting stuff about how great he is i just think it's so it's such a fall from grace because he was so funny and he probably is still really funny and he's really quick yeah. really sharp but now it's just he can't be bothered. I just think he just does the laziest, easiest thing he can do. And he gets paid a little money for it. So, you know, fair play to him. People are going to watch that. But it's just terrible. Yeah, and no, I totally agree. What about you guys? <laughs> well, to be honest, I actually didn't ever like Ricky. Oh, really? <laughs> you really? Beginning, not- so my feelings are sort of roughly the same. I always... I remember I saw the, um, I can't remember which stand-up show it was, but the one where he's with Robin Ince afterwards in the extras. Is that Animal? uh, Animals of Politics, isn't it? One of those. 
it's all he's very much bullying Robin in those mm, yeah yeah and I found him a very unlikable person then and that has I've sort of seen that all the way through his career really do you mm. see him as a bully Ellie <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I can't no I can't sort of defend him on that I th- not that he's malicious he's he's a little schoolboy um, well, I really, I mean, I know that we, the, the, some of the questions that you asked on the email was, how did you get into the show? And actually, um, I got into the XFM shows because I really liked Ricky and his stand-up. I'd heard about, oh, what's it called? Carl's Travel Show, Idiot Abroad. Oh, Idiot Abroad, yeah. Yeah, I'd seen that advertised. I loved Ricky's stand-up and I'd seen that advertised and I just thought, oh, I know, yeah, it's this guy they know. I, I never watched it because I didn't really know him very much. And then I remember I was in H- HMV and I saw the Ricky Gervais show, the cartoon, like in there. I was like, oh, I'd yeah. never heard of it. And I was like, oh, what's that? So I just bought it and um, I loved it. And then obviously I got to know Carl and then I watched Idiot Abroad. And then I think I just loved all of it so much. I was just you know, Googling, is there any other call show? And I found XFM. So yeah, I actually started from my love Ricky stand-up, actually. Mine was the same. I loved The Office and I loved Ricky. I loved his stand-up. And then I think I found the podcast. And then from the podcast, I was just on YouTube um, trying to find <laughs> other clips and things. And then I think somebody introduced me to the XFM shows and I downloaded them all, but I, I couldn't remember who it was. But it was many years ago, you know, it all started with the stand-ups and... Um, and getting into the podcast. I knew Carl before An Idiot Abroad, so I was really excited when that came out. But I actually always forget to watch it. It was only because I heard in the podcast the other day that you were talking about how you really like it, um, Miles, you were. And so I started listening to, uh, started watching it again. And I actually oh, didn't oh. know that the music from your podcast came from that. Yeah. <laughs> I was always like, what is that noise? Why do they have that? Where did that <laughs> come from? And then I watched An Idiot Abroad and I was like, oh, okay, there it is. So 60 quid to get the rights to that? 60 yeah. quid. So. <laughs> You all have different ways. You all had different ways into kind of the XFM shows and different opinions of Ricky at different points along the way, which is I'd be interested to know if, if like, for example, Miles, um, does your girlfriend like the shows? Uh, <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she, no, she... <laughs> No, she doesn't at all. I mean, she doesn't like the podcast, so she doesn't like our podcast. She doesn't. No, I think um, do you know what? No, she's not a big fan. I think she likes The Office uh, for a bit, but I I do think there is a lot of people who find who found Ricky annoying even back then, let alone back now. I don't know. Ricky's such a divisive figure. I mean, quite deliberately so, and I do think it's a marker thing. He's kind of got his really sort of saccharine kind of sweet side, where it's like, look at all these animals, look at this charitable organisation stuff I'm working at. But then also, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Freedom of speech. Mm. La 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 la. Mm. It's like it's mm. it's almost like it's a marketing device deliberately created to appease both kinds of of people whether it's gender or personality based whatever it is it's kind of very mass market to produce but obviously the whole freedom of speech thing is very sort of fashionable now isn't it and the, the cancel culture thing he's deliberately quite a sort of provocative person but it's just weird that he's got this sort of softer more sort of saccharine which you would associate with i don't know a, a sort of more yeah more female audience however horrible that sounds it's just like but that, that's always the comments that i see just on his twitter thread and i just i just see it's so manipulative but but then it is a marketing tool right it's, it's twitter's that's exactly what it's designed for i was gonna say he is quite heavy on marketing at the moment i'm not quite sure why that sort of really built up didn't it before afterlife and then really kicked in after afterlife mm. yeah he really seems to be on a 
a self-marketing campaign. You don't need to, though. Like, After Life, the movie coming next year. Oh, mate. Is it? That will happen. No, I don't, don't know. Tell, don't tell. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, though. I don't really like After Life. That's awful. No, terrible, terrible show. Okay. But Afterlife, I feel, he's, he's an example of where he's trying to appeal to a, a, a both genders, a multi-gendered audience, rather than his usual stuff. He's trying to appeal. He doesn't appeal to us, Mars and I don't like it. It doesn't sound like... Do, does you anyone say like that, but it? My boyfriend really likes Afterlife, okay, and I yeah. can't stand it. But yeah. he doesn't have a very sophisticated uh, <laughs> comedy palette. So Throw him under the bus. That's why... That, he, well, yeah, he won't listen to us, it's fine. Uh, so he really likes Afterlife, and when we first met, he admitted that he's like Mrs Brown's boys. Cut that straight out, not having that in the No. Uh, yeah. That's so, a double and, offense in my book. I know. So he likes the American <laughs> office, but can't stand oh, um, yeah. the English office. So he's, yeah, he's not got That's great. why you get on so well. How was it like, um, Daisy, you, you said you grew up with, is it four brothers, you said? Four brothers, yeah. How how did that work out? <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> uh, it was, it was uh, interesting, yeah. I was the only girl there, so I was just really spoiled. So actually, I mm. was sort of like queen of the castle. I could do whatever I wanted. One of my brothers is only a year older than me, so we were very close. Um, but I think just naturally, I fell into things they watched to play. We used to watch wrestling on a Saturday morning, and we used right. to play like wrestling. And so I just sort of found their interest. But ultimately, I had the last say because I was the only girl. <laughs> so I had kind of a mix of being like the queen and also sort of being out playing in the mud and doing all the like gendered boy things. Do you think that's partly why you got into the XFM shows because of the kind of I think I think yeah just that sort of humor is what I've grown up with and like a lot of my friends are male now Um, a lot of my closest friends have always been male so I think it's just what I'm used to I'm sort of like you say that's what I've been sort of filtered to like and to yeah what I'm used to. No, that's interesting. I think that comes back to what Stacey was saying about socialisation. Your socialisation, your primary socialisation at home was male-dominated rather than female. I guess when you I've got two sisters. What, how did you find that? And do you find that impacted your what comedy you like later on? One of them likes the Ricky Gervais shows and she will listen to the podcast and things but she's never if I play her XFM she'll listen to it and she'll kind of laugh but she never she would never listen to it on her own her own back my other sister she hates Ricky Gervais and she would never really she yeah I don't think she would really like the XFM shows or she wouldn't hate it but she would just be like yeah it's not really my thing I think it's 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 so typical I don't like Alan Partridge yet everyone seems to love Alan Partridge I just never got it I've really tried since being an Alison John fan to get into Alan Partridge, but I just don't know where to start. It's so oh. overwhelming. I just watched the movie and then I don't know what else to do. No, start a series one, I'm Alan Partridge. In fact, that's the only good one. I wouldn't even go to series <laughs> start two. Start and stop that. But it is okay. brilliant. Yeah, just stop there. Six episodes, <laughs> done. See you later. Though. But no, it is good. But Mars, I introduced Mars to it and he... Uh, he was like, oh, I have to tell you. He yeah. felt like really guilty. It was like confession. He said, I don't actually like it. Like, no, yeah, but yeah. but with the XFM shows, like, uh, do you know what? All your, all of you stories. I like how obsessive uh, an XFM fan gets. Like mm. you watch a little bit, a snippet of Carl, just like a smidge, and you're just hooked. And I don't feel like we get that obsessive anymore now. I feel like we're just so disposable. It's like you watch or listen to something. It's like, okay, that's it. Whereas, yeah. whereas... I remember just like watching the um, Meek Carl Pilkington thing and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? 
Like, mm. I love everything he says. I love his voice. I love his deadpan, like, nature. And I was like, it, it was just like crack. I was like, I want more of this. I want I like, I like, want to know more about his opinions and stuff. Uh, I got a couple of few of my friends who like uh, An Idiot Abroad and who know who Carl is. And um, I've tried to introduce them to XFM shows. And one of them listened to a couple of episodes, like a couple of the podcast episodes or the Ricky Gervais show uh, TV series I watched a bit of that but they're happy to just stop they've never had like the interest to go back further or I've showed them XFM and they've just sort of like oh yeah I can't be bothered like I'll just leave it there but I, I can't see how you can have that bit if you can like the Ricky Gervais show or you can like An Idiot Abroad and not want to watch or listen to all of it like mm. how can you just stop there and be okay with that yeah my dad's the same he loves it he loves An Idiot Abroad he's got me the DVD for Christmas he's like he talks to me about it but has no interest in going back to the XFM shows at all or th- the podcast, none. I don't think it's like gender bias or whatever. I, I think it's probably more down to sense of humour really bias, isn't it? Like if, whether you find the shows funny or not and whether you're prepared to stick with them. And then there's another thing. Do you like radio or do you like audio? Not everyone likes audio. My girlfriend is not a big fan of podcasts or, or radio. Whatever. I personally love it. I think it's the one of the... The best, the best mediums. I'd rather listen to radio than watch TV. I think. But you've got to find. Then you've got to find that person who goes. Do you like that? Do you like that? And do you like them together? Yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> so, so, what do you guys think of audio as a medium? Then do you, do you kind of agree with that, or do you feel it's, do you, does it appeal to you, or does it? Do you rather TV? I've always got a podcast on. That I've, no. I'm big into podcasts. Always got a podcast on. If I'm not sort of talking to someone or reading a book, then I've got a podcast on in the background. Always. What about you, Ellie? I like audio, but mine is really focused solely on comedy. So I will mm. go through Spotify and I will just go from comedian, 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 <laughs> just seeing what they're all like. I don't mm. try any other things at all. Mm. And are many of them women, you're the, the, the podcast presenters that you're trying out? Or is it? Very women. Very okay. Women. What, what is some of your comedy recommendations, Ellie? Do you have... The ones you like to listen to, the ones that you return to. Apart from our show, which you'd obviously... I wouldn't call that comedy, Gary. Definitely wouldn't. I'm really joking, that's why. (laughs) Quite rightly. Well, this is where the XFM shows and the the podcasts as well are completely against my normal character because I very rarely ever listen or watch to anything twice. I'd prefer to discover something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will listen to those to those shows again and again and again. It never gets bored. I love it. Well, I was thinking actually about this whole thing of the, you know, why is there more male than female listeners to XFM? And I did also think, is it something to do with the kind of people that like XFM are the kind of people that typically perhaps will just watch stuff again and again and again? But it's funny how yeah. Ellie, you've said that you, you, you're not like that, however you are with this show. Yeah. And I don't think that's again something that's more a male thing, and that's why more people males like the XFM show. I don't know, but yeah, I've thought about that's that. Very... So many people listen to them again and again, don't they? That is such an interesting thing. But like, I bet if you were to ask anyone whether if it's not radio, then I bet there's like a whole bunch of people that have watched like Friends about a million, million, million times, or like The American Office. That like everyone's got that little, um, you know, that little comfort, comfort blanket, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But interesting what Stacey said, I think that XFM probably was a was a male dominated station and maybe it was the station that was male dominated. And so therefore their core audience at the time. was. It definitely was, though, because you think, well, since they when they rebranded as Radio X, there was a whole backlash basically saying, oh, you had this massive opportunity to do something really interesting with a rebrand. First, you call it the worst name, (laughs) Radio X. 
I know Steve Taylor his... wrote, and no, Steve Taylor wrote an interesting who was on this podcast who wrote a really interesting article on it. Then they get like, you know, Ricky Wilson, Chris Moyles, fat, the fat and talentless Chris Moyles. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. And, uh, he's good, isn't he? I think there was just a whole bunch of people like Vernon Kay at one point. It was just like men, 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 men. It's like, yeah. God, what is going on? Like, I like, I love Alison John, but I, I listen to like either comedy or politics podcasts most generally, but, um, and it is proper male dominated. Need to change. Then that one part where they say that Zoe Ball was going to take over, or oh, she was yeah. going to be covering. But interesting when they say, say that, doesn't don't they talk about big boy? Who was it? Steve? Who was her boyfriend at the time? Someone else famous? Oh, um, no, no, him. But they yeah. they they reference him and say, oh, is it because of him that she's winning the show? So even yeah, when they do yeah. have a female that's coming to present, they put that down to big boy Slim. Well, yeah, <laughs> and Zoe Zoe Ball always marketed herself as a ladette, like a yeah. Harley ladette. She, yeah. I'm not saying she was or wasn't, but she Sarah kind Cox of did had as well. that. Yeah, Sarah Cox is the same. You can't say that on radio, though. You can't. Big say. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> they do this really bad um joke. Like Steve does it. I don't think he's sexist. Instantly, I don't think any of them are. Oh, they do that one thing where they're like, "Oh, who would you put into the jungle?" Talking about I'm a celebrity. They're talking about oh, Anthony War Thompson there, and then Steve just says. Oh, we've got to have someone who can cook. He said, "Yeah, but that's why you got the girls there." And I was like, "Ooh, mm. that's in series four. Steve makes quite like, a few. I remember that. I remember that comment that Steve made. He does it a few times. Like he'll sort of um, he'll just be quite disparaging and just. But I, to, I to be fair to him, I do think he would regret that now. And was it not satirical, or was it a genuine? I, I think it's probably is satirical, and yeah. it was one of those things that you just say so quickly, and you just like you know, we we think about it too much because. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. So, well, again, you... it's one of those things that sometimes you do say things like that because it's the way we've been socialised, medically yeah. socialised. Yeah. It's not it's like you say, you look back and you think, oh, why did I say that? But it's because of the socialisation. You don't mean it in a in a sexist way, but it just shows how much society has that impact on you that you, you just immediately have that thought or make that comment. Mm. I think that Steve does make quite a few comments like that throughout the show. Yeah. I was thinking about it before, and then on the One and Blog podcast, they talk about Incel Corner. They had that bit they kept trying to be back, where it's like Incel Corner when they talk about extras. Mm. And I think that actually Steve has quite a few, not to say he was or is an incel or anything, or even that he meant all of his comments, but he did make quite a few comments throughout the show that I did think oh that's going in South Corner I listened to one yesterday and he's talking about going to a party and he's chatting to a woman all night and then at the end of the night she says oh my boyfriend blah 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 and yeah, he's like that's... oh she should have told me at the start and again I know he's joking yeah. and that is you know it's an of the time joke but he does quite a few things like that or mm. he you know speaks about women quite negatively there's yeah. one where he's, he talks about um they're talking about hiring someone like a pa yeah. or or something and he's an Asian woman and ricky, yeah ricky's yeah. like oh sexist he's like okay well, Ooh, it could be a sexist yeah but ricky Sex. loves that as soon as he can pick up on something someone else has done even though he's the naughtiest <laughs> overall on anything but yeah <laughs> what's the other thing? Well, i just... think that's some um, i think that's pent up sexual energy from steve yeah i do yeah. think he was so yeah. he, gave, he gave a pound to a homeless woman okay. because she was a woman <laughs> i mean you know oh God, this is so bad. <laughs> that's naughty also that one where he talks about uh that might be the podcast though about negging oh yeah, yeah that was a podcast yeah but he yeah. was against that he did say didn't he say it's not right to do that but he was sort of trying it out but he wasn't really yeah sort of, oh, yeah of the, of the mind of that it was the right thing to do necessarily 
but promoting it in a way. No, Stacey, I want to come back to your point of socialisation because I still I think it's really interesting and I, I kind of think that it's not necessarily specifically being taught about different types of comedy and different types of lifestyles, but it's just a process that's primary and so then secondary throughout school. And it kind of leads to... Because there must be something that causes it to be a 90-10 split. It's, there's nothing inherent in it. I'm interested in your, your take. I, I think it, I, 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 something else that's crossed my mind, is it because of socialisation that I think people who are into podcasts and, and the XFM show, and it's people that are perhaps... Be, again, I might be completely wrong here, people who are a bit more into, into media in general. And again, is that a male, male. typically male? Because men have been socialised to be more... I don't know, maybe it's something else I've thought about. No, it could be. Because it's not like... They're three lads, but the humour... Like, there's laddie shows like Top Gear, say, for example, which is going to have a male-dominated audience. But none of the lads on the show are particularly, like, masculine. They're not, like effeminate necessarily but none of them are like lads or laddie lads no, uh, I and think miles it, I and think i aren't as well i think that's where the class thing comes in maybe mm. as in as, as I think, ricky, yeah yeah ricky's got a very working class background of humor carl particularly i mean he, things he talks about in terms of what went on at school like the teachers were getting them to what was it now they got them to do something with oh, the catalog where they did <laughs> And I genuinely believe that's true. I don't know if any of you have ever read any of Carl's books. No, I haven't, yeah. actually. He talks in depth about school there and the fact that he said this building was just completely run down, like it needed to be knocked down. And I, I think it is genuinely true. And he talks about it in his books much more openly. And so, again, I think the humour and the way they are is that kind of working class and the era as well. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, maybe that's something to do with it. You like humour if you're that kind of person. And I don't know if, again, that's a, that then links into people who like that kind of working class type humour. Is there something to do with less females being exposed to that because of the socialisation thing? I don't know. I think it's something to do with the humour as well. I'd say the, the, I, I don't know. Well, I might be wrong, but I think... The humour's definitely... It's not laddie. Yeah, it's not laddie. It's a bit rude and it's a bit naughty. But they do like... They don't do male sort of fart jokes like typical but they do talk about auntie nora farting which is kind of like <laughs> doesn't seem to be like a male way of putting it but it's kind of like just weird their own little way um so it's still strange how it appeals more so much more to males i think a lot of comedy is kind of can sometimes be framed around gender i mean it's no that would be for the same reason you you're saying gary about like toilet humor mm. that women would laugh at you know jokes about periods or you know, stuff like that. No, I'm, I'm just well, talking very frankly. No, no, it's no, because no, no, there's, no, there's not those male and female subjects, are they? That you can relate to everything. It comes from a... And if you're yeah. not, then you would you would find the comedy in something, even from hearing someone's subjective uh, experiences. But through socialisation, things like the toilet humour tend to have been... Maybe it's different now, but tend to appeal more to men. For some reason, there's no inherent reason why that is, but... Because you and I don't like toilet humour, do we? Like, we... And we're not laddie lads. We're not... We don't... We don't... We're not. I don't know. So, but yet yeah. we really like the extension. <laughs> no, again, though, true. I think that's... It's immature, it's immature humour, isn't it? And again, I yeah. think it's, just, yeah. women are not socialised so much to be into that because it's seen as... If a woman was talking about farts or whatever, I think it's seen as a bit more uncouth. If a man does yeah. it, it's more funny. Yeah. But they do it Maybe. in a weird way that's not, like, necessarily a male way. But in, in they talk about it still, yeah. I think, but, I think class is definitely a really interesting point. 
Mm. I think a lot of it is like a class because like obviously Steve is a bit more middle class but Carl and Ricky Mm. are both working class I grew up in a council estate so I a lot of the stories Carl tells I really think he does believe them or a lot of them Mm. are true from when he grew up because there were always so many rumors around the council uh, around the estate of like different things that happened so there was a house opposite me and up a little bit and apparently (laughs) a man lived there on his own and he lived with a ghost that was his mum and just all this like just nonsense (laughs) stuff did he live in a boat stories (laughs) yeah (laughs) With shorts, yeah, two TVs. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many, like that just comes to my head without even thinking of it. But there's so many stories from like the estate growing up. And again, my parents would have believed it in the same way that Carl's parents did. And my parents would have probably exaggerated a bit. So when telling me, they would have exaggerated it a bit and told me like this crazy story, like Carl's dad told <laughs> Carl. So Carl mm. believes it because it's his dad. And like, why would you not believe a story dad's told you? Yeah. Like, he true. definitely do believe it. And my parents are the same. Mm. Yeah, was, there a, was there a horse in the it? house? <laughs> a giraffe. <laughs> 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 monkey Actually, there was yeah. a horse that used to live on like a little bit of grass, like a green. It wasn't, it was there at the end of the council estate, a tiny bit of green where they used to play football. And for like a year, there was a horse tied up into the middle of the green. And it was just like, that was it. There was just a horse there. The horse Daisy, you know- got a little bit of grass to start with and they play football on it as well. Yeah. So it doesn't even yeah. get that, you know. Daisy, we've got a massive, we've got a massive coal uh, shaped hole on our show. So if you could come in <laughs> every yeah. week. And- yeah, yeah, that Perfect. I don't think that's I don't... how I would want to take, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Steve is as middle class as he thinks he is as well. Like every time he says it, I always think like I don't know. When I th- I think with middle class, you've got to be. I don't even know what that means, right? To be fair, I think when I was growing up, if you had a Dyson, your family was doing pretty all right. <laughs> that's what I'd call middle class. Uh, I don't think I think Steve probably grew up in quite a nice house, and I don't think it was like massive. I think it was like yeah. what four it's, bedrooms, I think it's... like. I think it's about they're it's it is about money, but it's also about um it's it's it becomes cultural and doesn't it? Like for example, it just sprang to mind. There's a show where he talks about they talk about being kids and and Steve says parents used to put music on or something and 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 Ricky yeah. said that he parents didn't he play mm. around actually I don't know but I, I do remember Steve talking about his parents and the way they were when he was a child briefly and, and it made me think yeah that's maybe a bit more indication of a middle class household. Mm. That was about Christmas. They, they, Richie was saying that in his household they weren't allowed to turn off the TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was it, yeah. Steve, he said, yeah, we were probably listening to a BBC4 concerto or something. Concerto. Like yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. That's a very male thing, though, I think, to pretend. Uh, I think he plays up a lot of those things, definitely. Yeah. Well, he, talk, he talks about, like, um, Ricky and the Carl's house is stinking of chip fat. Yeah, he says that's a very working class smell instead. You know, he's like, yeah, he literally, and he hates that. that. He always eats rubbish, and like Steve yeah. will have the, the octopus tentacles, and yeah. you know, he will just have burgers <laughs> and chips and ketchup. But he won't be any more, though, will he? He's vegan. Yeah, he's Is vegan. He? He's proper vegan, yeah. Oh, he needs, yeah. He, I think he needs some of the iron. Red, bit of red meat in there. Well, you know what's funny though. He also he talk. They talk about one of the shows, don't they? Like, oh, what do vegans eat for Christmas? Ugh, you know. Yeah. And now he's. But that's the time though, isn't it? Because like mm-hmm. he was like vegetables there, whereas now he's having bloody it's Beyond Burgers trendy. and broccoli. Like, oh, what do vegans <laughs> have at Christmas? Oh, they have a nut cutlet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they really laugh about it. And they like to talk about tofurkey and stuff, and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, tofurkey. Again, look, 
look how things have changed so much mm-hmm. more now. It's just I went it, to a vegan festival the other day. Yeah, I've been to I've been to it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so have times changed or they not? They had like they had like a rave on. There was like a, a vegan rave tent, and I was like, what the. F- why are vegans known for like hardcore trans? This MDMA is not a taint with animals. It's, it's no not gelatin. It's no gelatin. Well, we, this is now an outro. We've just done the intro, and uh, it's a little secret there because it seems like when you listened, it was like the intro and then the thing, and then now there's an outro. It's not wasn't all recorded in one bit. No. This was separately about seven weeks later. Um, <laughs> But no, it was um, great show. From my memories of it, obviously it's not fresh, but I, I was, it was very different. It was unique kind of for us. It was, it was, you know, we weren't, it's kind of a new experience to have sort of five people on the voices and the girls were great. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Give us two stars upwards. No. And, that, and the second stars for the girls. And um, Mars' girlfriend's getting annoyed by <laughs> <laughs> there's Thank some you. tension in the room no can i just say um thank you <laughs> please do <laughs> so stace stacy daisy and ellie you're all fantastic i couldn't you're... ask for better contributors no. and hopefully give a little bit of insight of what it is to be a female in as you say quite a a male dominant i did find it quite difficult to talk about because i i really don't want to be too polarizing yeah and as a, as a male talking about this subject you know you know you walk the tightrope and you don't want to stereotype and you don't want to be mm. make too too many sweeping generalizations part of my frustration i remember just on on the recording is it's in my nature to want to find like a definitive reason for why there aren't more female listeners yeah. so i i think Me that too. might have come across as as we spoke because I think I just want to find an answer, but actually with most of these things, life's much more complicated yeah. and there are so many reasons why people don't don't listen, regardless of what whatever gender you yeah, yeah. you know identify as. And so it's um you, you know, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I, I just want to find answers in life and I think you can't always, can you? Yeah. No, there's a song in that, I think, somewhere. Dolly Parton <laughs> song about that next Tuesday. No, yeah. No, but do you understand what you I don't mean? Want to fall into kind of you don't because we're like internal biases. Neither of us kind of clearly like we're not male dominated, but it's you kind of always you're worried that you will be fall into that and kind of not yeah. realize your internal bias. So that yeah, I know what you mean. If that's what you mean, I kind of felt that like is that. what I mean. Yeah, we, we didn't. I don't think bad, but we can never be perfect. So you know, it was it was very brave of the girls to do it, and they all talked you know wonderfully. Yeah, definitely. We, we um, did not. <laughs> no, we'll definitely do more of these in the future because it's so lovely to invite people onto the shows, as I said before. So once again, thank you to Daisy, Ellie, and Stacey. And I hope I hope you enjoyed the show and it wasn't you didn't feel too anxious listening to it and you and you enjoyed it. But I would genuinely re- I always am, but genuinely would be interested in feedback on the show. And we hope yes. you liked it. But if there you know any point any sort of ways of you know and particularly if you are a female listener or if you are a male listener and some of this strict chord or you didn't think about some of those points that we raised perhaps or you have something to add to the debate very interesting to hear them and we can repeat those on on a later episode but otherwise can i just say please continue to rate like uh subscribe and give us a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts because that'd be brilliant uh just yeah. helps with the algorithm and help people to find this Average unfindable podcast 
And can I also uh, say, do check us out on Patreon and buy us a coffee at Kofi to help keep us in burgers and grapes. And all your money is used uh, legitimately, morally, ethically. That is not used to finance any kind of drug trafficking in Mexico or any unsavory reasons. Oh, like, yes, the money is uh, great. But, you know, with this show that you've just listened to, it was our way. We didn't do it perfectly, but we wanted to talk about females in this space, but not if it's two males, you know, we didn't want it. That'd be inappropriate. Yeah. So we could have got them involved. And it's, you know, they, they're great. There's more Absolutely. to be said. There's no answers found, but there's no answers to be had. And that's just like life, ladies and gentlemen. There's not an, a definitive answer for anything, but we muddle on. This your song again. It. It's beautiful, isn't it? I'm quite yeah. impressed by this. I think <laughs> anyway, a lot of points that were unnecessary. And I'm... I'm all right, I'm, chill no, out. Mainly me. Fucking hell. No, listen, I'm... Say what I'm, you really think, Gary. Oh, Mars lost it now. You, can't, you know, like Ricky. <laughs> I'm losing confidence. I'm, I'm saying me. I, I did it far more. No, Mars hey, no, made some great right. points. Mars is a bit, yes. bit worried how it came across. Do you I know what, though? No, no, no. than me. I'm passionate about this subject. as did really I'm very passionate. And sometimes with that passion comes to a lack of eloquence but i think no, i salvaged it today. thanks very much mate all right well we'll speak we'll speak to you again soon listener have a lovely week weekend whenever this goes out and i'm sure it'll be fine you're going to attend to the pigs now because it's a break started on tuesday no thank you and Bye. uh see you soon